The earliest mention of the mythological horse-like creature known as a unicorn was in the written piece Indica, authored by the Greek physician Tessius in 400 BCE. In Indica, Tessius described wild asses, which are large as horses and even larger. Their bodies are white, their heads dark red, and their eyes dark blue. They have a horn in the middle of their forehead that is one cubit in length. The base of the horn is pure white. The upper part is sharp and of a vivid crimson, and the middle portion is black. Tessius documented the stories told to him by those traveling the Silk Road, which is the main route of transportation from China to Western Europe, which spans more than 14,000 miles. Many think that this mythological creature is exactly that, myth. But how does that explain the fact that ancient civilizations throughout the world have art and hieroglyphs depicting these magical creatures, and no way to communicate between themselves? Can we for sure say that just because we do not have a fossil record of the unicorn, that it never existed? Eh, probably. But let's take a look anyway. Welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole. Alright, welcome back to Infinite Rabbit Hole, everybody. I'm Jeremy, your host, and today I'm joined with Jake, CJ, and Andrew. Uh, Jake, how you doing, man? Doing well, dude. Happy to be here. Right on, dude. And CJ and Andrew, you guys are coming off that awesome episode that we just did with uh, Thatch from Puckle about the Pokemon and mythology, which was awesome. Yep, and I have sweat mm-hmm. running down my ass crack right now. <laughs> As do I. Andrew, what's going on, man? Nothing much. I'm relaxing in, in air conditioning. Uh, central heating in a house. I don't know why you guys don't have it. I know you're probably what you said you you record in a garage. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Fuck me. Uh, yeah, and then uh, CJ, are we back to cursing again? CJ records in like the spawns of hell. Like I the do. Third layer a- or something. Andrew has been here with me before. Uh, when it's been stupid hot, we tried to AC it down. It lasted ten minutes because you can't run the AC when we're recording. And then, uh, yeah, the fires of hell uh, rose back up in here. And, uh, yeah, I'm cooking. I'm right cooking. on. Well, we're going to go from the fires of hell to the mythological beast known as the unicorn. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this thing that apparently farts sparkles and shits rainbows. All jokes aside, we are talking about the unicorn today on a serious note. Uh, probably be some jokes in there. I, I can't imagine that we're going to do this episode without some funny business. That's pretty much it for the intro. I don't really have much. Andrew, you got anything to put out about the uh, Patreon? All right, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, the If you want to check out some bonus behind the scene content or uh, just uh, donate to us so we can uh, grow the show and support us uh, for the great content we've been putting out for you. Uh, you can check out our Patreon page, which is Infinite Rabbit Hole, uh, or Patreon at Infinite Rabbit Hole, right? Um, we'll put the link in the episode. You can definitely um, see there's three different tiers currently. The uh, best tier is the tier that is fits for you, right? Um, I'm not going to say uh, my boy Bigfoot is the best thing ever, uh, but I'm sure that... Uh, We'll have Jeremy agree with me over there. Uh, that is our mid-tier. You get bonus behind-the-scene uh, content in addition to bonus episodes and a shout-out for supporting us. So 
check it out see if you want to do any of the tiers they're enticing and uh for those people that stick around and are a patreon they'll get to hear our uh bottom of the whole episode at the end of this that is facts. Uh, just to put it out there, if you would like to listen to these episodes five days early, listen, you have access to them starting Sunday mid-morning to afternoon. Um, times will probably vary, but... Nope. You can, Midnight no? Sunday. Midnight Sunday. Look at that. Um, so first thing Sunday morning, you will have access to all episodes of Infinite Rabbit Hole full five days before they will be revealed to the, the, the rest of the world. I'm going to say Eastern. And also immediately, correct me if I'm wrong here, Andrew, but you'll immediately get access to the bottom of the hole as well. Uh, for any tier, tier one, two, or three, uh, bottom of the hole is available. Anybody that wants earlier episodes, that is tier two and three. Ah, so you have to at least do the the Bigfoot tier, which is our, our mid-tier, uh, to earn the, the episodes five days early. Got mm-hmm. it. Uh, we, we do have some uh, bonus content that's coming to the Patreon here very soon. We're going to upload all the notes that we have for these episodes. I'm also going to go ahead and upload the notes that I have from all the episodes prior. Unfortunately, I data dumped all my season one notes, but I still have all my season two and all the bonus episode notes as well to to share with everybody. If anybody would like to see how I kind of pr- prepare for this, this show. Um, other than that, I think we're ready to jump into Unicorn. What do you think, guys? Yep, let's do you it. You could jump on a unicorn. Ooh, all right. I think CJ wants to lead us into the mythology of the unicorn. Uh, sure. The unicorn really comes uh, from many, many, many places on Earth. A lot of times they're a four-legged animal, uh, typically a horse or a mule uh, with a single horn on their head. However, we do have variations that come from places like Persia that have a th- several legs and don't look like a horse at all, but are nonetheless a unicorn. But we'll we'll talk about the uh, European uh, and Western version of the unicorn because that's what's most prevalent. In what you're going to see in movie stories, sci-fi, whatever it is, uh, media you're consuming, uh, you see unicorn. There's there's a specific image that pops into your head. We'll talk about that one. Um, but when I mentioned jumping on a unicorn, good luck doing that. Uh, in order to ride a unicorn, you have to be absolutely pure of soul. Uh, and have committed absolutely no form of any crime in the past. And when it comes to uh, good, bad, good, and evil, uh, that sort of thing, unicorns do not have any sense of a gray area. Uh, By that, what I mean is um, rape and murder are equivalent to lying to your spouse or stealing a stick of gum from the store uh, or skipping out on your bill at a restaurant. Like all of that is equivalent to a unicorn. There, there is no, you, you've either been completely good for your entire existence or you're bad. What about accidentally stepping on a bug on the sidewalk? Bad. Um, bad I guess, I, I guess <laughs> if, if the unicorn determines that that's something you should never have ever done, uh, you took a life, then yeah. So you're saying that nobody can ride a unicorn. For the most part, man, like uh, the the unicorn uh, lore mythology is is pretty absurd when it comes to that sort of thing. And not only not only are you not able to ride a unicorn, but if it is determined that you have committed any sort of atrocity in in, in its very black and white view of what atrocity is, uh, it murders you. It nice. will gore the living hell out of you with that horn on its head. Uh, and 
in any way a lot of stories say that it goes for the heart it'll stick you right through the heart um but others say like it'll do things like trample you too you know it'll knock you down and tap dance on your face which i can't imagine feels good because horses weigh a lot and these are traditionally a little bit bigger than a horse is it murder or is it justice it's even bad you deserve to be punished for <laughs> touching this unicorn this is this is one of those situations where someone's like violence is not the answer and you're like no violence is the question and the answer was yes <laughs> unicorns are dicks they are assholes bro absolute assholes uh but the thing is they also have uh especially like in the esoteric community a lot of properties to them like the hair of the unicorn uh can be used for various uh, magical rituals and things like that uh the horn itself is supposedly has like this immense power i forget what exactly it does but your purification just, there you go uh the tears can heal things um i even read like a, a brief like weird off story about unicorn dung which i don't remember how that goes i read it like a year ago uh, but that does something so like they have like all these like, weird things and then like supposedly if you kill a unicorn your soul is stained like you will never remove that stain like the holiest of holies can come down and say, I have forgiven you for everything you've ever done. And then he'll look at that and be like, except that. At least that's how the stories of the unicorns go. Uh, it's it's really, that, that's pretty much all it comes down to. Um, they are partial to children. They like kids. Uh, but then again, kids are traditionally uh, viewed as a form of innocence. Like uh, children aren't actually able to be good or evil. And that seems like really arbitrary, but uh, traditionally, when you're looking at a spiritual manner uh, in many religions, spiritual faiths, uh, just people in general, children are innocent. They're, they don't understand good and evil, so they're not able uh, to commit anything that would necessarily be evil because they don't know about it. Well, I, gotta, I just got some random facts real quick that I thought were very interesting. So the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, mm-hmm. um, which, was, which was pretty cool. Uh, probably the coolest thing, well, I wouldn't say the coolest thing, but definitely the weirdest thing, I kind of want one myself, is that Michigan Lake Superior State University will issue a free unicorn hunting license. Mm. Also, along with mermaids, dragons, unicorns are in the top three mythical creatures known around the world. A unicorn horn was highly valued during the times that it was thought that the creature existed. Many other animals' horns and antlers were sold to the wealthy as fake unicorn horns. It was thought that a unicorn horn had magical powers, just as CJ was saying. Uh, it was thought that it would purify water and neutralize poison. Therefore, kings thought that it couldn't be poisoned if they drank from the horn of a unicorn. It is thought that uh, in the first mentions of the unicorn, they were describing a rhino. There is a marine version of the unicorn called a norwal, which actually exists, um, nicknamed the unicorn of the sea. Many believe that the unicorn was... Uh, has one horn in the middle of its head. But when you look at the original stories and descriptions of the unicorn all the way back to ancient times, uh, it's actually described as two horns twisted around each other so tightly that they give off the perception that they are one horn. Um, The unicorn is a symbol of chastity, virginity, and virtue. The cylinder seals of both Babylonia and Assyria had the imprinting of the unicorn. These seals were used to show ownership of various items such as weaponry, masonry, livestock, and buildings. Uh, real quick, Jeremy, with mm-hmm. the two horns twisted together to form a single, that was a specific uh, type of unicorn. That's not a general generalized uh, thing. That's a, that's a very specific. Uh... I, I, I bought this book 
on unicorns and they specifically go over like ancient babylonian assyrian and and really really deep stuff back in like bce kind of stuff where they actually show you pictures of artworks and everything and stuff like that and and descriptions using hieroglyphs and there's a whole translator in the book and everything and the original description of the unicorn actually did describe that they had two horns uh tangled around each other now there are different variations uh past that but i was just kind of alluding to the original description of the unicorn right yeah but i'm just i'm just saying like that like past past that particular culture they just mm-hmm. completely disregard that absolutely everywhere else. It's very specific to that culture. I, I did mention when the original stories, you know, I, I said that specifically. The gotcha. original stories of the unicorn describe two horns twisted around each other. But no, I, I, I completely understand. Uh, but it, even if you look at uh, unicorn horns or how they're depicted, they do have that swirling feature to it, which could pass off as uh, two horns uh, encircled around each other. In 1486 and 1487, two gold coins were printed by Scotland with the depiction of the unicorn on the face. The value of each coin was 18 and 19 S. I don't know what S is. I couldn't find it, uh, but it was a it was a, a value of, of currency. Uh, and you can actually Google those coins. Google does have pictures of those coins. They're really cool looking. Very, very old. Those coins were referred to as the unicorn and the half unicorn. When the unicorn was depicted on the official shield of many Scottish families, it was the color known as Argent, which is the same color gray that was used to describe the moon. Norwal horns were often sold as unicorn horns to the wealthy. Babylonian art often depicted a unicorn, but most of the art actually showed the unicorn as a goat instead of a horse. Along with the unicorn, the lion also made many appearances in in the same pieces. The moon, as well as the sun, did too. As well, there was always a tree near the unicorn in which the the unicorn's horn was either touching the tree or pointing towards it. The tree of life. I believe so. Many other animals other than horses were depicted, uh, kind of just piggybacking off what CJ said here, throughout history as unicorns, and those were rhinos, ibexes, goats, antelope, and deer. Rhinos specifically are the tactical assault unicorns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, a female unicorn is, is known as a cow and a male is known as a bull. And the last one I have is uh, unicorns showed up in art, coins, and seals in many ancient civilizations, such as Babylon, Persia, Assyria, Acadia, ancient Crete, Egypt, Asia Minor, and Greece. You know, if, if you guys really quick, just take a moment and Google Persian, ancient Persian unicorn. I think you're going to really enjoy that picture. Copy. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's got like a billion legs and stuff. It's awesome. It looks like a big goop monster, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I got this book, um, by Robert Brown. It's the Unicorn, uh, mythological investigation, and it's actually presented by Lauren Coleman, who is a world-renowned cryptozoologist. Uh, they dive really deep into uh very very ancient cultures especially around the middle east area and uh northern africa but they also dive into uh latin america uh south american lore where the unicorn was shown up and there was even depictions of a unicorn found in a lot of native american art as well the strange thing about the unicorn is that it was depicted all around the world even with civilizations that had no way of communicating with each other what's odd is in a lot of these cultures too it's a purity symbol Yes. Um, so a lot of like the mythology is consistent 
Uh, it's sort of like dragons, right? You have like a, you have instances of dragons in every culture on the planet, except for like one, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, where like the unicorn is is all over the world and and in most places even in that weird persia one it's a purity symbol there was a couple of different variations too so when you when you go to like different areas of the world one example that i have is the Qilin from china which had a 12 foot horn and a a coat made of five sacred colors they didn't really go into what the colors were but they just said it was five sacred colors which i thought was pretty cool but you definitely had some some pretty wild variations of these things I thought it was really cool that there was even variations of them in general all around the world. I feel like it's not a natural thing for for civilizations to come to just throwing a horn on a horse. I don't I don't feel like that's a natural thing. Well, you know, honestly, like this goes back really, really far. Um, And even the Bible talks about unicorns. Yeah, but most Bible scholars today, even the ones in the Vatican, say that it was basically a a mistranslation from Hebrew to uh, Latin that the original word had nothing to do with it. It, They don't, they don't go into a description of it. It's not like Job where they're talking about the behemoth where it really sounds like it's talking about a brontosaurus or some kind of dinosaur. It's like, there's no explanation. It's like strength of a unicorn, blah, blah, all this stuff. But the original word for it is a completely separate animal. And I was actually watching a uh, thing on it, a documentary on it, and they're talking about the history of the unicorn. And they had like, uh, like priests in the Vatican talking about it. And they're like, "Yeah, this was just a mistake. <laughs> this was the first <laughs> translation, and it just it just stuck. It's not what people think it is. It really isn't a unicorn. If anything, it could have been some kind of a gazelle or maybe a rhino having a singular horn. But it's not. Uh, it's not." like you would expect it to be i'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because in unicorn history uh there was an animal that existed in europe and Mm -hmm. i believe it was a breed of gazelle where the horn it had two horns but they twisted together andrew do you remember what i'm talking about uh no i'm not familiar it's it's an it's an extinct animal from europe and it had it was a unicorn and it was very similar to a gazelle I've seen a picture of it during my mm-hmm. during my stu- my research. I, I couldn't find any information on it, but I also had heard that at some point too. Uh, o O R Y X, an oryx. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, um, actually uh, Aristotle <laughs> wrote about the oryx um, in relation to unicorns. It was really interesting. There's a lot of uh, people from history that we all know the names of that talked about unicorns, like. And that was interesting to find out. They say there's also a dinosaur too. Where Jeremy mentioned uh, about how unicorns, like the females are cows and the males are bulls. Do you think it might be possible within like the, the context of the Bible where like it mentions in Psalms about like the unicorn's horn and whatnot, they were really talking about cows instead? It's certainly possible. Speculative thought. Just, <laughs> it was an invasive thought. I don't know. Uh, so... There is there's one thing that I would like to point out about this whole topic, right? When we originally came up with the idea, uh, CJ and, and Andrew uh, came up with this actually a long time ago. I was a little weary about doing this topic. I'm not going to lie, but I did find it interesting, and it was a way to branch out into something new with Infinite Rabbit Hole. All that fear has gone out the window because there is a lot here that is very, very interesting. Now, me personally, I took my research, like I said, back way, way, way back in time. Um, So I don't have a lot of the uh, current 
stuff to go over. Um, but I think that with so much evidence of this creature in artwork, pottery, uh, stories and everything from way, way, way back in the beginning of history, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I'm not going to say that the unicorn never existed. I mean, rhinos exist today. They're technically unicorns. Uh, I'm I'm talking about the more you know traditional unicorn, and, I'm, and maybe not necessarily a horse. Like I had put out that a lot of the art depictions in Babylon were actually of goats. Maybe it was a goat. I have something for that. Ooh, do you? Yeah. So just to just for context, your uh, sorry, just for context, CJ, I just looked it up, and the original word in Hebrew is uh, R E apostrophe E M Raim or Raim, and that literally translates to a number of things based off the context but like wild ox wild bull rhinoceros is also included in there um so maybe if it was in the context of rhinoceros and they're like oh unicornus because it has one horn you know and then that just stuck and then pop culture and all kinds of legends and lore because of the unicorn Mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff not to mention uh travelers that are going through and they're seeing all these exotic animals because the animals we have here in the States are not anything like the animals that are over in, you know, Africa and, and parts of Asia and all sorts of stuff. So if someone were to go from here to there, uh, take that, you know, or, or even parts of Europe and take months on a boat to get to some place, see a rhinoceros for the first time, then leave to go wherever they came from. And that two, three, four, five, six months of travel their mind can go absolutely crazy with what they saw. And the next thing they know, they're, they're spreading a bunch of fantasy land stuff. We're also talking about cultures that drank alcohol throughout the day regularly. <laughs> Excessively, <laughs> right? Well, and, and I mean, there's a really good reason for that, believe it or not. Um, alcohol sterile. Uh, clean water was yeah. not exactly easy to come by. Uh, you always got animal shitting in there and stuff. So... You know, you never know what's coming downstream. So alcohol was a safe liquid to drink. You got so you these people are just slam hammied all day long. They day drink like it's COVID nineteen. You can't you can't say that. We're gonna get our our shit taken down again. What, really? It? Oh no, oh, I'm just, just kidding. As a joke. Oh, just beep it out or something. Put the put the Pokemon noise on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, crossover. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like you know, could you just imagine like. You're, you've been on sea for how long? You get off, you're hammered, and there's a rhinoceros, and you're like, oh, shit. Especially <laughs> if it's nighttime, you know? like, And, like, we have, like, these stories where, like, the unicorn is associated with the moon, and, like, the, the goddess can take the form of the unicorn, which is a thing. Um, I mean, like, and, like, you have all these people that, like, talk about it and stuff, and now you're drunk, and you're seeing that. So, in my research, I really... I tried looking at lore, and I really kept finding the same seven things over and over and over again, right? Like, and so I wanted to know the history behind those things, like the belief that it could be, you know, drank out of or dipped into liquids and removed the poison from them. So I wanted to see where did that, you know, come from, because it, it all, it's all based in something. All the lore is based in something, usually. And that was, you're right, you know, the nobles, Elizabeth I, Henry VIII of England, and Charles IX of France all had quote-unquote unicorn horns that they purchased from Danish traders who were getting them from narwhals. They were cutting off Mm -hmm. narwhal teeth, selling them to these, uh, it was actually such a big thing that the the Danish, uh, like, uh, 
government was in on it because it was so it was such a wealthy trade for them of selling these English and French uh, noblemen or and noble ladies unicorn horns because of the belief that they're so pure that they could take away poisons and all that stuff. And they actually still have, you know, in, in museums, their unicorn horns, quote unquote, which are, you know, four and a half foot, six foot long narwhal teeth. But there was a lot of explorers that went different areas um, that talk about unicorns. And one thing that was interesting is that some of those sorts of uh, explorers weren't just there to look around and you know and find a new area they were there you know traveling and they would come back with like this is what we saw along our trip you know we went somewhere new this is you know we drew pictures of everything that we we saw and one of those things that uh that kind of jumped out at me was that kind of the last official i guess sighting or description of a sighting happened uh in 18 or 1486 and this was a writing from a guy named Renard von Bradenbach. And he and a group took a pilgrimage to the Holy Land from France. So they went from France and they took two years and they got all the way up to Israel and Jerusalem. And then they came back. And when they came back, they were writing a book along the way of all the interesting creatures they're running into. The illustrations were really really well done and they kind of had that medieval like art style to them like the way they draw hair and stuff it was all kind of clumpy and wavy and stuff and the all the claws kind of look like i guess the way you draw talons it was you know they have that certain art style where if you look like at a coat of arms it's like really different Mm -hmm. how you would draw that animal you know if you were just trying to sketch it yeah but they were really similar to the animals that they they drew so like uh they saw a giraffe they saw a crocodile uh they found a humanoid ape which could have been you know a a gorilla or something if they'd never seen that before honestly the picture to me looked a lot like bigfoot (laughs) but it was a humanoid ape and honestly there could have been a lot of racism at the time and it could have been a person and uh, I, because I know that that was a thing for a long time up until like the 1980s, there were still laws in parts of the world where you could hunt like, uh, you know, pygmy people and stuff. Well, not to cut you off, uh, but you know that silverback gorillas they thought were myths until like recently, right? Right, right. 1902. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also that thing where that disease where like your body grows like full body hair like all over the place maybe they saw somebody with that situation going i mean it's possible you know it's lycanthropy yeah (laughs) there's a lot of different things that that one could have been certainly and i'd like to kind of look into that a little bit but they also saw a camel salamanders two indian goats and they saw a unicorn and it looks exactly like you'd expect a unicorn to look and a partridge in a pear tree all right, so just to, just to kind of like <laughs> I'm sorry illuminate that a little bit, Andrew, you're such a dick. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a rhino or an antelope. It doesn't look like a goat. It looks like a dang horse with a horn on its head. And there's even like Aristotle talked about the Indian wild ass that it was. He he talked about uh, that Greek physician uh, was it Theseus or whatever, however you pronounce his name. 
that he was talking about unicorns and saying that its head was purple and its horn was black and white and red. And he said, that guy is a liar. But there is a single horned, uh, like wild ass in, in India. And he, that has a solid hoof. And hmm. so it's interesting, right? That there's a lot of big name people, people that have really huge reputations to lose, like Aristotle talking about unicorns. And he also kind of pinpointed that that Greek, uh, that Greek uh, physician was probably making it up because there's no historical evidence of that physician ever going to India to see that unicorn or to other parts of the world to see unicorns and stuff. So maybe he was hearing it from other travelers. The, the only thing that makes me speculate on something like that is like if we take the myth of the Mitla. Right. That was a guy going down the uh, the river. Was it the Congo or something or Amazon? And he yeah. was literally just dropping acid and floating in a boat down this river and described an animal that was a hybrid between a cat and a dog. And he called it a mitla. Um, back in back in the times that we're talking about now, you know, weren't these people like just casually using substances like fairly regularly getting fucked up on stuff? Yeah, like mercury. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were they were trying to like transmute for gold and they're just like let's just use random stuff and that'll turn into gold mercury was also a a calming cure for constipation uh time period but um (laughs) i'm sure sure it worked uh if you you get mercury in a cut it gets in your bloodstream and poisons you but if you drink mercury it won't necessarily get into your blood because uh the the little tubes in your stomach that absorb the nutrients too little for it to pass through but it Uh will give you the worst shits of your life so it works yeah, don't go drinking mercury, people. Don't go drinking mercury. It's a bad plan because you could have an ulcer or something, and it will get into your bloodstream then. Um, but uh, so they they were doing stuff like that. The wormwood was a common cure. They were using nightshade in small doses, which would cause hallucinations. Um, so there's a possibility that like when they were seeing animals like this, they were describing whatnot that they were high as fuck. Hey, everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. So if you were going to drink mercury for that reason, how much would you have to take? Oh, I don't, I don't know the exact <laughs> dosage. <laughs> Let's not answer that. <laughs> Listen, just go get some castor oil. It's really, really effective and safe. <laughs> no, well, no, coconut milk. Wasn't there a whole thing in like the, the witch trials in the United States that people were eating like moldy rye bread and tripping out on that. And they were saying like, Oh, they're witches and they're, you know, possessed by the devil and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain funguses that grow on bread. That'll make you trip. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that I don't know. I don't know how we got to the point where we know what plants are safe and what plants are dangerous and what mushrooms we can eat, what ones we can't eat. And if these explorers were just going along the way and they were seeing actual animals and just tripping out of their minds and that's possible too. That's what I'm saying. I mean, people did weird shit too. Like, like they a common way of finding dead bodies was you stuffed a vial of mercury into a loaf of bread and threw that bitch in the water, and it would supposedly go to the dead body. Hmm. Weird. So hmm. they did lots and lots of weird stuff with chemicals that you should not be handling. <laughs> Party on. <laughs> be excellent to each other. The unicorns versus lions. It is said that the unicorn's biggest enemy is the lion. They both appear on the royal coat of arms for the United Kingdom, 
The lion represents England, the unicorn representing Scotland. The unicorn was also sometimes shown as an alicorn, a mixture of a pegasus and a unicorn. Thank you to my daughter who gave me that information, by the way. Google could not give that to me. I had to rely on my nine-year-old. Thank you. Yo, if you want if you want information on unicorns, little girls is the best place to get that information from. Dude, she, she knew that right off the top of her head. I was like, I know there's a name for this thing. And she's like, alicorn. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> the lion was sometimes shown as a griffin, a mixture of various flying creatures and a lion. The winged variations of these two animals helped with the story of a great battle in the sky for dominance of the sun and moon. Many different ancient civilizations throughout Asia, Africa, and South America referred to the moon as being masculine and the sun being feminine. Therefore, hmm. many of these same civilizations thought the unicorn as a masculine creature, hence being easily succumbed to a female virgin and the lion being the feminine creature. Now, to kind of take a step back and kind of tell you what I was talking about there, Let's talk about how to capture a unicorn. It was thought that in order to capture a unicorn, you need to set up a specific trap and have the cooperation of a female virgin. You would need to find a forest where they're present, locate a clearing in the forest, find a tree stump or a fallen tree for the virgin to sit on. This is because unicorns are said to let their guard down around young, beautiful female virgins. Then, as the unicorn comes over to the, the, the virgin, you would have to trap it. By way of surprise. That's how you would hunt a unicorn. By surprise, do they mean 30-06? No, because they didn't exist back then. I wouldn't suggest killing one, because apparently it's the unforgivable sin. Uh, it, it, it really is in mythology. Like, they're, they're, in mythology, there really is not much more that's worse than killing a unicorn. It's crazy. Many cultures told the stories of the relationship of the unicorn, the moon, and the lion, the sun. Most of these consisted of one of two general stories one in which there was a rivalry between the two, where they were either in a race or a battle for the pinnacle of the sky. The other, where they are in a marriage, and where the unicorn is the husband and the lion is the wife. The different phases of the moon would represent how much the moon was eaten by the lion. In many ancient cultures, the unicorn was seen as the protector against the dark. Humans are naturally weary of the dark, so since the moon comes out during the night, it was seen as an animal of protection against all the evils associated with the darkness. Yeah, that's where we get the story of the, uh, the moon goddess uh, taking the form of a unicorn and interacting with man. Yeah. Um, there was a cult in ancient Egypt called the Solar Cult. You guys know anything about them? Mm -mm. Is that the same group that was it like the worshippers of Ra or something like that? Like, I don't know. Is I, that what we're talking about? All I looked into about this cult was that was the unicorn aspects of it, like their beliefs in the unicorn. I didn't really get to do much. This is something I do want to do some research into because it, it seemed very interesting. Uh, and see that there was a cult like this back then in such ancient times was very appealing to me. Um, but the sun cult in ancient Egypt believed that there was a constant battle between the lion and the unicorn. The leader at the time would determine the phase of the day, the lion for day, the unicorn for night. The battle would consist of the two of them constantly racing for the summit of heaven. The moon also belonged to the seas and was a symbol of all bodies of water. Therefore, the cult believed that before any animal or person would drink or gather from a water source, it would first have to be purified by the unicorn. The closest thing I could find to defining what this meant was that they would wait for the water to reflect the image of the moon before drinking or gathering water and would no longer gather or drink from the source once the sun reflected off of it. That's pretty much it. Hmm. That's uh, primitive moon water stuff. 
They still do that uh, in a lot of esoteric practices. Now they'll put uh, bottles of water out um, underneath the light of the moon to charge it with moon energy, and then you don't expose it to the sunlight because uh, sunlight would uh, counteract the power. That's interesting. I mean, Very strange. Yeah, I wouldn't say strange, but it's definitely a tradition that obviously passed down from one of the most ancient cultures on the planet. So, right, be very interested to learn more about that cult, what their beliefs were, because uh, it was very prominent in a, a section of this book. But they only jumped into the parts of the of the cult that the uh, the unicorn uh, was reflected in. So, uh, very curious as to what else they believed. They had some pretty wild stuff. There was some stuff in the book. Uh, unicorn wise that the stories got way too complex uh there's a whole story where there's a third it's like a third wheel between the unicorn and the lion uh the the leopard the lion chases the leopard into the tree the unicorn stabs the leopard out of the tree and then the lion eats the unicorn it's like this this circle of the it's like what do they call them now the uh trilationships or whatever right the three three-way relationships really really weird stuff and mm. i didn't know how to write it down and and uh put it in a way I that love i love yeah so, something like that but it was more of like a hate triangle it's mm. very strange <laughs> <laughs> there's no enemy in my enemy here we're just all <laughs> fuck, fucking fighting <laughs> and each one of them was specifically after one particular one it was very very strange it had to do with like a cave system and everything too, where the sun comes down into the cave and the moon comes out. And then for some reason, another astral body was the leopard. And I couldn't figure out the book never told you what the astral body for the leopard was. I don't know. Anyways, hmm. the worst part of the book by far. I think the most interesting aspect of the unicorn is the sheer amount of lore and mythology that's behind it. Like I would say that it's, it's at least on par with dragons. Uh, when it comes to the the lore, the background, the stories, uh, how many times it's been depicted throughout pop culture, things like that, uh, even from way back then, and like even like with the most popular cryptids nowadays, like like the Jersey Devil or even Bigfoot, they don't hold a candle to the amount of lore and mythology that are behind the unicorn. It's absolutely right. insane. Absolutely, well, well, I think that the the dragon and the unicorn actually have something behind them. Like they're a lot more tangible. I mean, as a creationist, I believe that we at some point lived alongside dinosaurs and that's where dragons come from. Cause there's pl- plenty of flying dinosaurs. There was snake like dinosaurs or giant snakes, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then unicorns, I mean, they actually have the horns, you know, their narwhal teeth or other various types of antlers or whatever, you know, horns from other, um, other types of animals. But they're so much more tangible, you know, and it's just like there's physical stuff behind them that we can look at and be like, well, that's where it came from. Or maybe even we could call them real, you know, in some way, in some part, maybe not to the full capacity, but they are, you know, there's real elements of them. There's tangible things we can touch and feel. Oh, I'm I'm with you on that one yeah. uh, when it comes to the unicorn like there's 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 nothing that's uh a, that says that a horse with a horn is completely unrealistic right i mean yeah. obviously the stories and stuff that are behind it questionable but right right uh but like like if you were if you were to say hey i discovered a new species of animal it's now scientifically recognized it's a horse and it has a horn it'd be like that's crazy it'd be like wow like every other bovine out there right and <laughs> right, I really, right. 
and and if we think about it like if we're looking at say we're looking at ancient horse remains or like we find fossils because when when you talk about finding fossils and stuff finding a complete skeleton of something is so 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 rare right but there's a good reason that you don't find things like horns like uh for instance uh when bucks shed their antlers or Mm -hmm. when moose drop their racks yep um it, typical like rodents and stuff come by and very very quickly will chew upon these things uh they get calcium from it they gnaw their teeth down insects okay, will do tooth, things. Yeah. yeah so like it's actually really rare like to find like discarded antlers or racks out in the woods um and if you do you're you're very very lucky so there's no reason to think that like a unicorn say like a unicorn goes down it dies that rodents came by and, and chewed on, on the horn the horns carried in more right. than likely, right? Where a bone is is calcium, you know. Um, so I mean that could be why like we we maybe we have found the remains of a unicorn, but the horn didn't make it because that's what nature does. Right. We just found the uh the skeleton of the horse or the mule and we're just like, eh. I just found one more uh thing that for some reason I skipped over, but it it goes it ties into how there were there were these these uh, infamous kings that had these unicorn horns. Do you know how they would test a unicorn horn? Smearing it with poop to see if it would glow in the dark. In some kingdoms, there were there was an official position given to a peasant, right? <laughs> that actually was given a room in some of these these families or a position in some of these families, and their only job was to drink poison out of a horn that was said oh, to be a man. unicorn horn. Oh, yeah. Awful. That was their only job was to drink the poison. And if they didn't croak, then the, the king or the, the noble would buy the unicorn horn. Oh, oh well, maybe God. there's a couple of them that lived, or at least for a I while. Told, That's I told, why they had I told the other you guys, they were playing with stuff, chemicals that should not be touched. Oh, man. That's messed up. Yeah. Or they developed tolerance. Maybe they didn't catch enough of a dose or they had like a high enough immune system ahead of time. Mm -hmm. They just built a tolerance. Right now, there's a guy, you can look at his YouTube channel. He's immune to snake bites. I watched this dude take three bites from a black mamba. Um, They're actually, because how antivenom is made is a snake bites a horse and then they draw the antibodies from the horse, from Mm -hmm. the horse's immune system. And that's where you get your antivenom from, which is why it's so crazy expensive because it's stupid hard to make. Mm-hmm. so there's a guy online right now and he gets bitten by venomous snakes on the regular and he, his immune system has built up tolerance to the venom he can get bit by some of the most ridiculous snakes on the planet and he's just like yeah it hurts it's swollen i'm okay and they're actually using him to develop um a universal anti-venom to all snake bites so you have this peasant who's drinking poison out of the unicorn horn regularly maybe he's just got a big old tolerance well, one thing I, I thought is a possible, you know, a possibility to this was that uh, somebody, let's say, let's just use rum, for example, right? There's there's an alcohol out there where somebody drank a shit ton of rum and died from, you know, drinking too much alcohol poisoning. And so now the king thinks that rum is poison. So, you know, now he's making this poor, this poor guy, this guy drink rum out of, you know, these quote unquote unicorn horns. And all he's getting is this little buzz. And he's like, eh. I mean, it doesn't do a great job, but yeah, you're, you'll survive. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, all, all jokes aside, though, that, that is definitely a terrible a bad batch of mead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got a yeah, he got a nice spot in the castle for a couple days. <laughs> Man, uh, could you imagine going home to mom and be like, "Mom, I just got a new job. 
it's in the <laughs> castle. They said that all I gotta do is drink some liquid with a horn in it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Told sure. you I didn't go to I didn't need to go to school, Ma. I'm not gonna work in the stables for the rest of my life, like Pa. <laughs> you, you you walk back through your front door and your wife is like, You lived again? Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm calling the insurance guy. This is nonsense. Uh that's all I have. I mean, there was there was this was a lot funner. Like you like that word funner. This was more funner. better. It was more betterer to research the unicorn than I thought it was going to be. I had a lot of fun with this actually. Andrew and I told you, bro, when we were talking about doing this episode, we told you. Hell yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> uh, you win. You win. This was a good, good, good stuff. I'm I'm two for I'm two for two with it today. What's going Dude, on? You guys, you guys have been bringing a lot of really good content to Infinite Rabbit Hole. I just have to say that real quick. I wish there was more. I wish that. <laughs> and, you, no, I mean, as far as like the unicorn stuff goes, there was. I kept finding the same people talking about the same stuff over and over and over again. I mean, you didn't touch pop culture at all, art, video yeah, games, movies. We're talking about we're talking about history and mythology and stuff, right? Well, that's the same thing I'm talking about there too. Like, are you're you're arguing semantics, I guess, because like what these are stories that are built right, and then modern day stories would be movies and other stuff. Unless you're saying unicorns were real, I think that there's a chance they could have been. I'll, I'll go out on a limb there. It's not unreasonable. Like of all the cryptids out there that we could be talking about that are just like owl man, like just like a, a perverse owl who flashes people in a tent. Like that's weird, but like horse with a horn. Like what's not believable about that? Like, okay, so maybe there was a horse and it had a horn. Like, all right, all right. Like, I wish that it, there was more in the sense that it's so, it feels like it's in the same realm to me as, trolls and fairies and goblins and that sort of stuff because you kind of see them all lumped together and like the whole fantasy thing and cj kind of touched on it a little bit with the whole if you touch if you try to touch one or get near one and you're not pure of heart completely like it'll gore you to death and trample you and stomp your face in and that was you know i was looking for more of that dark sort of grim fairy tale sort of stuff where it's like we have what everyone knows about unicorns which is the Disney version, and then when you do the research of it, you get more into the, wow, this is some really messed up stuff. But I didn't really find much of that. And so I I like the history portion of it, and I also could be in the area of like, yeah, why not? You know, it probably existed. Maybe at least just one with a weird defect, you know, (laughs) or something like that. You know, some calcium deposit in his head, and it has a bump or, you know, whatever, protrusion. Um, But I like the fact that like the the Danish people were just completely ripping off the <laughs> the English and the French. That was hilarious. I loved it. I was like, there you go. Um but yeah, I mean it was it was cool. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh final thoughts. Andrew, do you believe that the unicorn was real? Um, I'm actually if CJ's cool with it for the bonus episode, since our stuff's no longer there. Uh, being the episode we did at Cryptid Technical. Oh, no, I don't give a shit. We gave, we gave uh, Jeremy those episodes to use for the Patreon for that exact reason. So if they want to find my answer, ah. they can check out our Patreon bonus episode. 
Ooh. of uh, historic cryptid technical. No longer out there because we removed it. So you can only find it through the Patreon. Look at that. We have a whole podcast inside of this podcast available to, to patrons only. Yeah, it's 98 episodes of our shenanigans. <laughs> nice. Quality stuff. All right, CJ, what do you think? Fact or bullshit? Um, so <laughs> I I would totally buy that there's a horse with a horn at some point in history. Uh I'm on I'm on board kind of like with with Jake on that one. And even being like into the esoteric woo, you know, um the whole horn being able to purify any sort of poison or whatever. Um so there's magic and then there's science and I feel like something like that would fall into fall into the realm of science and i i don't i don't think that that would be possible so um you know and i don't think it's tears or healing your bullet wounds either <laughs> cry on me <laughs> cry on me baby please die no uh so let me horse with a horn i don't see why not very drunk or very high ancient peoples coming up with a lot of fun stories about the horse with the horn i 100 percent buy <laughs> there's a lot of boredom over there <laughs> right like there was nothing to do back then but tell stories like yep. that was the entertainment oh, <laughs> yeah. they had, they, there was a position it was called bard they did that <laughs> like it, <laughs> i i i don't know i don't i don't buy all the the super esoteric end of the unicorn in itself but I, i'd be totally like yeah yeah you know if they were like oh, here's a skeleton i'd be like okay yeah you know not shocked <laughs> wow Jake, fact or bullshit, man? Fact. 100% fact. All of it. <laughs> With a little, a little bit of crap in there, but mostly <laughs> fact. No, I, I believe that it was, it was probably a thing. That it was probably a rhino or something like that and i agree with what jeremy or not with uh with what cj is saying about the uh the bored drunk high people like i i totally buy it i'm like they've probably saw something they saw something with a twisted horn whatever it may be or geez just a gazelle that was missing a horn and they're like unicorn <laughs> i'm like yep i mean they, they, they would be right one horn then you got it you know yeah yeah they went american lingo with that one <laughs> Uh, I'm going to agree. I came into the idea of even doing an episode on the unicorn as complete BS. Like really, like I, I, dude, I came in and I was like, this is, this is horseshit. This is, you know, nothing. There's no substance here whatsoever. And then I started doing some research and finding out how far it actually goes back. And now I'm on board. I think that because how old Babylon is, I think that the unicorn had a really, really good chance of being a goat creature instead of a horse. Mm -hmm. um, I really, really do. And over time, it just kind of evolved into the horse because it had, uh, you know, it had an image to uphold. So, I mean, a horse, it's this majestic creature. Um, mm. I can see that being a thing. I do not believe in any of the purification or anything like that. Uh, you know, whatever. That's just, you know, their, their theories from back then. Um, they can have them. I don't. I definitely don't think you're going to be denied an afterlife for killing one. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, that's another one of the, but I, I'm on board. I'm on board. Unicorns, I, I believe, existed. I kind of feel what Jake was saying, where he wishes there was more. I'm more in like the, the realm of, I wish there was more evidence. Like, I wish that we had found like 
a horse with a with a horn coming out of its forehead, like a skeleton or something. Uh, but like CJ was saying, I don't think that you're ever going to find that because of all the nutrients, the keratin and stuff, unless it's, you know, actually, it's not even, it's it, it, there's no way it could have been bone. But I, I'm, I think I'm on board. I think I'm on board with the unicorn. I just looked up on Google, goat with one horn, and I've found probably hmm, 40 pictures right off the bat of goats with one single horn coming out of the center of their head. So you're going to say you were not disappointed with the one horn search? <laughs> nope. It's perfect. Yeah. Like, I was just sitting there thinking about it. He was talking about, like, a goat or something like that. And I was just like, you remember, I, I remember seeing this this one goat. It had five horns. They called it, like, the devil goat or something like that because it had ones that kind of came out the bottoms and then two that curled around like a ram and then one that would come out of the middle. And I was like, why couldn't there be a goat with one horn? So I just yeah. Googled it. And sure enough. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. And then the mythology follows from there. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well. Uh, does anybody have anything else before we get to the bottom? No. No. I'm good. Well, for those of you that are not patrons of our podcast, this is where you're going to get off. Okay. We're going to kick you out of the rabbit hole now, and we're going to meet all the patrons down at the bottom. So if anybody would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole and sign up for any of our tiers, and you'll get access to the bonus content that we're going to talk about at, at, at the bottom and that's going to be what did we say we said the relevancy of in pop culture of the unicorn ah yes uh that's going to be pop culture unicorn pop culture stuff i i would assume we're going to talk about awesome uh topics such as furries and bronies and stuff like that so um if you guys want to kiss you guys want to get weird meet us down at the bottom of the hole until next time, Jeez. that has been another episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole, <laughs> where the her- where the furries find your hole. <laughs> Later, guys. See ya. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infinite rabbit hole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infinite rh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain, reach out to us. Let us know. Come on, have a good time, tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans. And we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the infinite rabbit hole.